Today on this episode, uh, time of recording, September 28th, how is everyone doing out there in listener land? That's amazing to hear. Tonight with me, I've got Rich, Chris, and Matt. Gentle Feathers, how are we doing today? October's already here. That's yeah, it's, it's not September just still. It's a book club. It's a book club episode. We love those. Yeah, it should be an exciting time. Yeah. It is a book club. Episode. I have I, I uh, have a like frog in my throat today from allergies, so you don't get any Muppet voices today. I apologize <laughs> for that, but I've just been trying not to cough this entire time. Um, so I will try to do my best not to do that through the entire episode. I feel Should your I do... pain, homie. I feel yeah, your pain. Seriously. Should I do ten ten minutes of trying to do voices again? If you want, oh what would God. you what would you have done the voice made it sound like if you did it? Matt's the new narrator. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, for those of you that have been following along, um, you already know what we're going to talk about a little bit. Those of you who have not, uh, we're going to get into Bastion. This is a community recommended game. So if you are interested in recommending a game for our book club episodes, join us on our Discord. You can get a link there at campfiregamingpodcast.com as well as you can see all of our other social links, such as Twitter, Instagram, and such. So campfiregamingpodcast.com. Jump in Discord, join the conversation, and, you know, make some suggestions. Maybe we'll play something we've never played. I mean, a lot of these we haven't played, but, you know, well, it is. Especially if you have some Christmas games, because I feel like we're kind of still trying to figure out December a little bit. I know we don't have November yet, but I'm struggling on that one. Some like Why winter like... seasonal games. I told you, yeah. was it Batman Arkham Origins or Dead Rising 4? I'll take place around Christmas. <laughs> a holiday game, like it comes out during the holidays, or like a Christmas game where like Santa just lost his crap and is now like gunning down the North Pole. I'm worried I mean, about saying for that one. I mean, I would play that. There is, is, a... that, a, is that a first person shooter? Because that sounds great. <laughs> there there is, is the. Game? There, there is the visceral cleanup. I think it's Santa's rampage. Oh, there is I that one. Is that. that one's? I've actually played that. It's, it's awesome. There's parts of elves everywhere. Oh, jeepers! There might be mm-hmm. a nose, a, a certain nose in the stables. <laughs> a red, a red one. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. We got it. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty dark guys. I'm talking game. about Rudolph. If if you guys didn't. Figured out by now. Oh, I thought you were talking about Santa's nose. See, I thought it was Mrs. Claus. (laughs) Is he murdering people with a rake? I think he murders people with everything. With a lot of different things. That map was messed up. Yeah. His hands kind of look Ronald McDonald-y, so I think they could go a whole different direction with this game. Can you imagine, like, chasing Grimace for, like, a half hour? (laughs) You. Dark. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so today we're going to talk about Bastion. Uh, no more McDonald's. 
um, all about this kind of apocalyptic game. Uh, some bad things happened. Uh, the developer for this game, Supergiant Games, they also did Hades, if I am correct to say so. And Transistor. Transistor. Didn't they have yeah. another one in there, too? I think it was called like the last campfire. I think it's something to do with a campfire. Yeah, transistor. Oh, okay. I see. They have a theme. Yep. (laughs) Nope. Last campfire is Hello Games. I'm confusing that one. Gotcha. Um, You can pick up this game on a multitude of platforms. um, PC, the Xbox, um, PlayStation, Nintendo. It's even on the uh, iOS and I believe Android. I believe. Um, Where'd you guys play? Uh, I played it on PC, on Steam, keyboard and mouse. Clicky, clicky. Played a PC, but I'm a console noob, so I use my Xbox controller. Gotcha, gotcha. Chris? I just played it on Xbox. Nice. I played on on the Nintendo. (laughs) Um, I apparently can't talk either today. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, so I played on the Switch. both handheld and docked, just to see if there's any kind of difference. But we can get into that a bit later. Uh, it's kind of an action-adventure game. Um, they call it an action-role-playing game, but I didn't really see that much of it. Uh, the role-playing part, we'll get into that also later. It is a single-player game, and the price tag on it's about 15 bucks anywhere you pick it up. Chris, you want to give us a little bit of an overview of... Um, what the game kind of is and a little bit of the story. I mean, you can give us like a cliff notes of the story. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, I think the game gave us cliff notes of the story, I was but I say like we'll my, get into it. my actual memory of the story was so vague. Cause like the only thing I remembered distinctly before we started discussing it was the calamity happened and you're on, I, I guess, bastion, the actual, like the last piece of land that's safe basically floating in the sky um you play the kid and the whole time you're roaming everything you do is narrated which is weird it took me a lot to get kind of comfortable with the idea that it's for yeah yeah it's just weird but as someone who has voices in his head to actually have a voice in your head in a game is super distracting um they it feels like they bicker um but you basically use Skyways to go locate a couple more people, including the narrator, which really threw me off. Uh, you rescue, oh, I already forgot their names, Zolf and Zia as well. Uh, as you kind of gather cores to build back up the Bastion and add little uh, base buildings, I guess, to improve your weapons and abilities and whatnot. Um, eventually, it turns out what Zolf was bad and um, betrayed you more or less, or just was bad. See, this is where I, I kind of got I don't confused think he by was some of that. Bad. I think he just, so th- there seemed to be like factions, like there yeah. was a group and he was part of that group that kind of helped the calamity along um, and thought it was for the better. So I, I don't see. think he was necessarily bad. Okay. I think it was more like, is Thanos a bad guy? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Disagree. Um, <laughs> it's like Wreck It Ralph. He's a bad guy, but he's he's not a, not bad, a bad guy. guy. Okay. He's, see, that's, so that's so if you take it if you take it from their perspective, right? Sure. They're doing things for the greater good. Disappointed in all of you. Um, the greater good. The greater good. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, if you take it from their point of view, they're looking at it as like, hey, this is actually better. We needed a reset. We have to do things differently now, right? Um, 
so bad guy as far as the story is concerned, yes. But okay, from your narrative, he's a. Or sorry, from the character, your the main character's narrative, he's kind of the bad guy. But you could see how he could be the good guy from his narrative, or from a more general point of view. And um, no bad guy ever believes that they're the bad guy. Oh, there's a handful. Joker always thought he was the bad guy. He, he thought it. he was doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. He caused chaos for the right reasons. He caused chaos because it was fun. And that too. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Bastion kind of gets blown up. You go collect a different set of cores or whatever, or shards to By the way, build there's it gonna back be, up. There's going to be spoilers in this if you didn't catch that already. <laughs> oh, no. The game is spoiled. Whoops, yep. ruined it. Just wanted and, to toss that in there a little late, but... I mean, I'm going to be honest, you're not really going to... I guess some people probably play this for the storyline, but... This game's like 12 years old, so... Yeah, and it's super light on the story. It's yeah. more about the gameplay. Um, I, I think still one of my favorite moments is when you get into a fight with... um. Oh, what was his name? And you basically have a choice of whether or not to... Uh, oh, Zolf. my God. It, it was Zolf, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And you basically have a choice of whether or not to actually fight him or to kind of, or want to... You can either carry him off or you can leave him was. there to rot. But you don't actually fight Zolf. So you don't, you don't no, fight no, no, no. Zolf. Yeah. I, I'm going to throw I'm, this throw this out here. Like As far as the story <laughs> is concerned, I was a little lost once I beat the game, too. Yep. It, I actually had to go watch a video and read a little bit up see, on the story that, to understand what went on. That um, would have been smarter. Yeah. It's, yeah, um, but that's... That's kind of a bummer. Yeah, a little bit. I think that's you shouldn't have to go look it up to find out, you know, what actually happened. I mean, unless they left you on a cliffhanger, there's going to be a sequel, something like that. But this was just so weird and didn't seem like it was driving to anything. And all of a sudden, huge decision at the end of like, which way do you go and why? What does it even do? I (laughs) think I think some of the issue, at least for me, was one, I thought the narrator was awesome. I don't know that that just kind of added to the game from my perspective. Um, The downside, I think, is there's a lot of times where there's so much. A lot of the story is given to you as you're in the middle of like fighting. And I think that's where I lost a lot of the key points. Right. And then you kind of tune it out because you're like, okay, yeah, I'm focused on killing stuff at the moment. So So telling me things isn't helpful. So yeah. I think that's its only problem. I but I, I love the idea of the narrator, and it just it just a unique voice and a, a unique um, way to kind of tell the story. Which, by the way, the narrator is the first character you meet in the game named yeah Rux Rux, Rux. Um, or the stranger before you find his name. So uh, yeah, and he kind of hangs out in Bastion for most of the game. But mm-hmm. yeah, and I felt that. I mean. To, to go along with your guys's point I felt that too um mm-hmm. I felt like by the end of the by the end of the game I was like okay I'm trying to recall all the things that happened but then like I was like getting names and things like that wrong I didn't quite mm-hmm. get a grasp on it I think a, a contributing factor to that is that the game is so short mm-hmm. and so it kind of tries to pack a whole bunch of story in like a tiny time frame and so it just kind of like gets lost under a lot of the gameplay that you're you know, while you're playing those segments where it's like high action and you're getting story delivered as you're trying mm-hmm. to like, especially during um, 
they delivered a lot of story towards the end of the game in the last like couple of sections of the game and by that time you're like fighting a whole ton of stuff and it gets really chaotic and you know you're kind of just at least for me yeah i was just kind of lost and like by the end of the game i was still questioning i was like okay so why did the calamity happen again? I was like, right. I don't, I don't remember what what they said to to go along with that. All I remember is that Zulf was part of it, and like, yeah, the idea was that you had the was it Saldonia, right? That was the city. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the the Sals or the that's I think what they called the people in the game. They didn't like the Ura, which was who's you find out Zia and Zulf were. Um, and the Bastion was going to be a way for the Sals to destroy or fight off the Ura, which ironically, this is probably not a good idea. Don't hire an Ura citizen to help build this machine because that's what happened. He basically sabotages. So when the Sals decided to use it, the calamity happened. So, yeah. That is Got more it. than I knew about this game entirely. Again, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I didn't catch any of that. I'm, I'm going yeah. I'm, I'm to be upfront. I know this because two hours ago I looked it up and watched a video. It's reading the strategy guide again. Again, Yeah. Well, I was just, I was, I was honestly curious about the story. I thought it was kind of a cool world and and the little bits I picked up, but again, after I beat it, I just felt this like, well, like kind of what happened. Right. You know? So I wanted to know more. So I do want to put that up front is I played the game. I had didn't have uh, a big understanding of what happened. So I had to go look it up, which again is, probably you know a, a bad thing about the game but again maybe i mean we all seem to have that same experience so clearly we're you know i'm not a you know minority in this so uh, right i feel like every time from now on matt when you have a like i went and watched a video on the thing we have to put that in the notes as like matt's prima strategy point or tip <laughs> per book club yep. i think i think it's something we gotta start adding to the notes his name is actually matt prima <laughs> sorry for wanting to know more i did no, this all after no, i beat the game I, no that's I fair wish, i didn't I mean it's good someone on this podcast does yeah i didn't bother going to look it up no no i yeah, thought I, about doing it i was just like you know what i i don't know that i want to like i know what happened at the end i know what i chose um but as far as like what happened before that it Really didn't feel like it mattered. None of it, if you try and tie the story to the gameplay, none of it seemed to matter. The only thing was, is all this crap happened. Now you're just trying to fix the bastion and you get a decision. So mm-hmm. let me pose a question then. Do you guys feel as though the story element to this game is a bit shoehorned? That they the developers probably focused a lot more on the gameplay and building like the mechanics of the game. And then they're just kind of like, all right, well let's just push some story in here to kind of make it into a narrative. Was this super giants first game? I believe mm-hmm. so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I don't feel it was shoehorned in again. I think the telling the story of via the narrator <laughs> needed to be refined so that you didn't have what happened with us where we kind of finished it up and we're not sure what went on, (laughs) you know, weren't clear of the story that was told um, or some of the underlying themes in it, um, you know, and why those decisions at the end actually mattered. You know, I came to the end, especially the Zolf one. I came to the end. I was like, why, you know, and uh, you know, 
who who cares? Which, by the way, as far as that decision, I saved him. Mm-hmm. So, Same here. Um, I don't it was know. a cool moment being able to just carry him mm-hmm. and watch the general kill his own person when they shot at me. That was awesome. <laughs> I le- I left that guy to die in the dirt. Yeah, I said, "Screw that, man! You won't betray <laughs> me twice." <laughs> How was your exit for that? Because if you let it, if you saved him, you basically like carry him out and they shoot you until a certain point. Like mm-hmm. I was like, heal, heal, no, walk faster, you stupid kid. And you know, at some point, the, they just stop shooting you, right? And you walk, you carry him through. Um, do you have to fight your way out? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I just went. And, <laughs> how, how was that? Oh, it was easy. I just went and murdered everything, and I was like, cool. All right, well, I guess that's the end of the game. <laughs> I'm a real Seldonia soldier, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a marshal. That's fair. That's fair. That makes more sense now, like who he was and you know why he was on the wall and things like that because I remember some of those little bits. Hmm. Um did you guys do any of the secondary quests like the skill building for the weapons? I think I asked uh no, no I didn't. The proving bother. grounds? I didn't, yeah. but I did uh, I did take a big whiff of the hookah pipe. Oh yeah, I yep, did that. I did do that too. too. Yep. Yeah, I completed one of those. I I think there was three or four of those type challenges in the game. Um, As far as your proving ground question, I did a majority of them just like tried it once because it was real easy to get the base, the bronze level, Um, which, by the way, just kind of explanation of the proving grounds. There's multiple weapons in this game. We can get into a lot of those. There's a lot of them. And each one had a proving ground. And uh I believe what there was a, you could earn a gold, silver or bronze rank on it, depending on whatever the challenge was, you know, like your shield, it was blocking things and not getting hit. Um, your, your, uh, Oh, what was the, the really big, the cool bow, the breaker's bow was to in four shots or less, destroy all the targets, things like that. And you would unlock each, uh, you know, level uh, or, uh, each reward. Um, and those were, some of them were lore. So, I mean, that's probably where some of the story was at. Um, uh, most of them were up upgrade parts for your weapons. So I found them fun. I did. Le- I did complete all three challenges for the weapons I used the most, which was like three or four. Um, and the only time I didn't play them was the last two or three weapons where it was just at that point. It's like, I'm not using these. I'm not going to go try yeah, to unlock there, anything. There are a couple of those weapons where it's just like the way that this game plays out does not lend itself very well to using these kinds of weapons. Like some of them being one of them being the the sniper rifle. Yeah. I thought didn't work very well. Mm-mm. The um the mortar didn't work very well. Um and I think there was like one more but those are the two that I can immediately think of where you have to like walk really slow or sit and charge and attack. Yep. And when you have stuff flying around you all the time and there's stuff you got to dodge, it's just like, nah, this is kind of dumb. I, I, I kept... actually used the sniper through most of it. Oh, see, once, I, tr- once I got it. I tried to make the sniper rifle work for me and I couldn't do it. It just, it took too long. What did you guys end up using most? Cluster shot, I think it's called. War Cluster mach- shot. The war machete. Like, the real thing. Oh, yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, scrap yeah, musket. Yeah, oh, that's what it's yep, called. Yeah, musket. I use the breaker's bow a lot because once you leveled it up, you could draw it a lot faster. It mm. penetrated and did a lot of damage. You could, uh, you know, close range or or, or hit people at range. Um, and then the war machete because I could just bash the the in this case what was the X button and just murder mm-hmm. things or yeah. throw it. 
Yeah, um, I built up the uh, machete to be as fast as I could possibly get it. And then uh, I used the sniper rifle. And if you're good at Dark Souls, that thing is just a badass weapon. Because you can, if you can get out of the way quick enough, charge, you know, in the right spots and shoot. I was just murking everything. It was great. Oh, I was going like full on AOE. So I was using mostly, I think throughout almost the entirety of the game, I used the hammer and the shotgun. Hmm. And so I would try and do like a hammer swing or I'd hit it with a shotgun, try and get a couple hammer swings in between shotgun reloads and then try and keep alternating between those two. And I was just like mashing the tumble button. I was just tumbling all over, just shotgunning and hammering things. It was awesome. Yeah. I, for the, for the most part, I thought all the weapons were kind of unique and fun. There was one or two. I wasn't huge on the, the sniper rifle, but I guess uh, uh, probably my second complaint with the game came with the amount of weapons and how you got them. It was so spread out. And the thing that frustrated me was when I came across a new one, it forced me to pick that up and put it in a slot that I didn't want it to because mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, the way it's default, maybe I could have gone and switched in the controls. I just never looked, but the range always went into the X button and the melee always went into the B, but for years of playing video games, X is always the, like the melee that hit it. Right. So I would switch at the bastion where you could customize your loadout. I would switch re- basically reverse. Oh, so no. depending on And then when you get into level, like there was, it never caused me enough trouble that I died a bunch and had to restart or something like that. But it was always like, okay, uh, this looks like, oh, this looks like a range. That sucks. Now I'm not going to have, I'm gonna have two ranged weapons until I can find, um, either beat the level and get back to the bastion or there was like arsenal yeah arsenal outposts that Mm -hmm. you could switch it at so again it was i like in a way i kind of liked being forced because anytime you picked up a new weapon the the level design kind of had you using it um so it was kind of nice okay kind of being forced let me see if i like this let me play for even if it's just a couple minutes see if I like this weapon. And that's how I switched up a few of the weapons. And and there were parts of the game where I used other weapons, but um, the fact that I just forced it into a, a point and, and made it hard for you to just kind of swap it out. I, again, minor knock, but it definitely got frustrating, especially since there's 11 weapon weapons in the game. So like basically the first like 11 levels that happens to you. And there's not a weapon in every level either. It'll be like mm-hmm. one weapon, skip a level, Maybe a weapon, skip two levels, a weapon. Yeah, they, they didn't deliver. It like basically went out through. Like, I think by the end of the game, I think you get the the mortar like the second to last level yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So you don't really have a lot of time to actually use it. Or the and the um, the rocket launcher, too. You get oh, the rocket yeah. launcher at like the very, very end of the game. Yeah. The thing that I but did you don't like, really keep that, right? Like it, that one was just a throwaway. Like you didn't. No, you it wasn't to, really part of your arsenal. No, you get to keep it. That's a, oh, yeah. The battering, oh. the battering ram. You don't get to keep. Yeah, the battering oh, ram. You no, don't keep. Battering yeah. ram. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Yep. But yeah, so I mean, the thing that was kind of at least what I can kind of throw them a bone on that one because at least when they did introduce a new weapon, they actually did have an arsenal shop that was usually close by. So if you wanted to swap it out, you could, but yeah, it's kind of annoying that they would just force you to use it. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a really hard thing to do to, you know, you introduce a new weapon to the game. So it's like, okay, do we force the new player to use it? Do we say it's unlocked? You got to go back to the bastion though, to go get it. And you have to like start this level over or, you know, like, yeah, I don't really know how you would deliver that. 
I guess really the complaint isn't that they force you to use it. I didn't mind that. It was just a minor thing of let me swap my weapons, put art like like I'm like okay, I will use this because I want to try it out. These weapons, some of them are unique and pretty cool. So I was like, okay, I'll play for the rest of the level with this. But let me swatch what swap what buttons they're on, right? Mm. You know, let me actually replace my range one with the range weapon I'm picking up type situation. But um, and again, it, it's very minor. I wouldn't knock the game too much for it. It was just kind of like frustrating in the moment. Like, okay, whatever. I'll live till I get to a arsenal hut or whatever. Um, I wasn't. I think this is just more of designed how the game, how you're supposed to play the game. But it was also odd. Yeah. That you're getting up to like the last level or second to last level and you still haven't gotten all the weapons in the game. Right. But I also believe the reason they do that is because the game is designed around replayability Yes. If nothing more than in the little challenge areas, um, I think there was three or four of them. We only played the hookah pipe one, whatever that one was called. Um, but they even have, oh, what's the name of the building? The shrine. The shrine. Where, yep, where the you, shrine. you get different idols to activate, you know, oh, uh, melee attacks. Hard or, mode. Yeah, right. basically mm-hmm. make it harder on yourself. There's skulls. Like the, yeah, there's skulls or from Halo. Yeah. Yeah. So this is you- I, even with those. I, like to your point about r- the game is based on like replayability. I don't see any personally. I same. Just how repetitive this game was, and it, I think it led to better games. Right? I think Hades is an example of you know you use Bastion to kind of build up what you're thinking, and you start incorporating more of that mm-hmm. into your newer games. Right? It's an iteration, but with this it was just so repetitive that i was like okay is there anything else that i get to do nope i'm I'm looking for cores still cool ah the final core oh now i'm looking for a shard got it you're looking for a smaller and that's another like 10 levels of just doing that Mm -hmm. it just yeah i wouldn't say though that i ever got bored but i definitely don't see myself going back and replaying or doing again outside of just trying the one Again, I walked up to Hookah. I was like, what the hell is this? I hit X and bam, you know, I, I was stoned and then I was fighting monsters in a little arena. Um, it was a good way to get the, the uh, what were the collectibles called? The That you spent, oh, what were those called? The like, the currency in there. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember what Apparently, it was. I didn't write that down. Are they like fragments or something like something, that? Something like that, yeah. I uh, do think that was the best part of the game. That is the only point where I got story. That is the like best combat that I saw, except for at the end of the game, right before you go save uh, what's his nuts. But um, it was a good fight in that little square, and they mm-hmm. kept adding more challenges, uh, made it more fun as you're going. It's still the same enemies you've been fighting, but now it's in an enclosed space. You can't really run away. You've got to fight it out, and you're in there with whatever gear you came with, and you learned about the kid. You got to understand what happened yeah. to him. You got to understand who he was, what he was doing, the sadness behind his tale. You mm-hmm. know, it was it's a very depressing story. Yeah. And and I'm assuming the other three arenas had similar stories. But and again, like we also said with the proving grounds, there was lore in there is which again that's that's more story that's kind of hidden behind replaying or doing these extra challenges. Who knows? Maybe the idols even had story if you turn them on. I don't know. But yeah, I'm not sure. There I was on one, but I don't think I didn't remember turn there or anything yeah. attached to it. And there were bits of story too with the items that you picked up that you could turn in for mm-hmm. you know upgrades yeah. and things like that. Um, you get a little 
thought from you know each of the characters about that item and they give you a little more insight into what happened and the things um going on and that's a neat way to tell the story but i think that shouldn't have been the way to tell like all of the story like this felt a little like the cards of destiny like you had to go collect five thousand cards to piece together Mm. kind of a semblance of a story it just there was so much you have to collect it all to get the whole picture and that kind of frustrated me it felt like the story there was a calamity with the story that blew it all apart and you had to go do all these special things to find these fragments don't put it it all together don't make it make sense that is that what they told you in that no that was my own analogy that was my own analogy comparing it to to the no comparing it to what happened in the game no i i mean but i mean i mean realistically though I mean, uh, all those story elements. Yeah. I mean, you know, to your point with Destiny, if you want to figure out what's going on in the first game, you got to read all this crap. You know, it's a really good story, but most people are not going to sit down and, and just read through all just the grimoire. Yeah. Well, also, they even made it harder in that game by making you go to a website to do it, not even in game. But anyways, so the thing, Bastion. so the <laughs> thing that I actually do like and where I would see myself doing like a replay of this is for that reason is that like i would like to see how different weapon combinations would work how upgrading some of those weapons like what some of those upgrades kind of did because the problem that i had with that's not really a problem the like the thing that um i was really surprised by with bastion is just how short it is Mm -hmm. so for me it was like no joke i played it like i beat it in like three hours and so by the time that was over i'm like cool i've only used really like four weapons I didn't really use any of the shrines. I didn't do any of the proving grounds, which, you know, that's a lot of content that I probably missed, but I don't, I saw those as more like practice than so like something necessary to kind of progress the game at all. So I was just like, whatever, like I can get by with fine with these. But like, I remember I tried out the dual pistols. I got really frustrated because I was in one of the jungle levels. And so I didn't have, so I had pistols and my shotgun because I loved the shotgun. And it was really hard to whack my way through like the like the barricades and things like that because like the shotgun wasn't hitting them or something like that or it would take forever. And so I was just like, man, like this could have been fun, but I'm going to have to ditch these pistols to get my hammer back because I, I really need to just clear my way through all of these barricades. So it had been fun to like, you know, spend some more time experimenting to see like, you know, what weapon combinations work. Um, we didn't really touch on you know, that there is leveling in the game. And when you level, you get uh, basically new passives or you have unlockable slots for new passive. And that's like, you get, I thought it was weird that the kid drinks a lot and he gets passives from drinking a bunch of booze. Let's let's also be clear here. The kid is just a name he has. He's not actually a kid. Yeah, it's not a child. You don't He's... know that. Yeah, we have no idea. We don't you know what his based age on, is. Based on how he looked, you tell me. I, no, they did say that um he was on the wall for 10 years he was on the wall for yeah and wasn't there an age when he finally reached it he could go join the wall there was something in there but yeah i mean he's called the kid but he's not actually a kid but yeah so he's he drinks these potions and oh it's booze drinks a lot yeah yeah they're not potions it's booze they have like a like a bastion bourbon or something like that i think is one of the potions um but yeah, you so you can unlock a bunch of those passives to kind of change up a little bit more of the gameplay. One of the things I actually really liked is just how configurable your character kind of is just through all these mm-hmm. different kinds of systems and how they kind of play together with like 
modifying how you how you get crits or your speed for things, what you do with your health to make yourself more tanky or whatever. Yep. Uh, yeah, I thought that was. Um, I like that. I, I tried to make my guy a little bit more tanky, but uh, um, it was nice. Yeah, that they had a customization as far as the the potions or tonics or whatever they were called, um, and a customization with with your weapons, and then also being able to pick your special attack. Mm-hmm. I think it was called. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, once I was five or six levels in, like I, you, you see this with the distillery, you see it with the shrine, you see it with the customization of your weapons and potions and all that stuff, the specials, you realize this is a game about re, you know, replaying it and yet trying out different combos. And, and um, in the case of the shrine, if you get that deep into it, it's make it harder and, and try to grind your way through it. Right. And so, yeah, maybe a little bit of replayability. I mean, like, I'm sure like the levels aren't randomly generated or anything like that, or at least not that I could tell. So as far as I know, like it's going to be the same playthrough every single time, which is, yeah, like to Mike's point, that's if you're going to be doing replayability, that it, that does get pretty repetitive considering how short the game actually is. You're going to be seeing a lot of the same levels. And I mean, for the most part, there's not a whole, there's not a huge variety in the enemies that you do fight. You know, we, end up fighting an enormous amount of uh, like that is one thing i love is the names of the enemies are really really good like i love fighting things like wind bags and gas somethings like, and like gas fellows gas <laughs> fellows and yeah 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 no, I, I thought that was cool there was a there was a good variety of enemies and environments and i guess if we're talking about levels and environments uh, the two things i thought stood out in this game though were how the levels built themselves around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the art, like I don't even, I'm not an art guy. I don't know if anybody can describe what kind of that is, but it was, it was fantastic. So it was really pretty. I mm-hmm. did like the way it looked. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> None of us like, are art I, people. Cause we had no way to describe what it, what type of art it is. But, um, but it, as, it, Kind of like a, I'm just trying to look at it again here. It's kind of like a hand-drawn, cel-shaded look to it. Um, the character's a little chibi, but not quite. Um, yeah, it's it, it looks pretty hand-drawn, cartoony hand-drawn. Or almost like painted. Yeah. Like a, like a watercolor they, look. It, it is, yeah. It, it is said it's um, designed to look hand-painted. There we go. It was really cool. And I liked um, there's no maps. There's no go this way arrow or, or lightning bugs or anything weird like that. Right. Um, the the kind I felt the kind of kind of the way they kind of pulled you through the level. They're all very linear. Right. You know, there's not like some big exploration part to it. But the the paths all kind of assemble out of, I guess, thin air. And they kind of build up as you get close to. I don't know the edge of the map. If you're near a place that is going to expand and provide you a path to walk through platforms or, or whatever the art is, is in level dirt, whatever, you know, kind of comes up and materializes and you build the level as you go. Um, which is also funny because you also destroy everything as you go. Maybe not the actual yeah. platforms that you walk on, but the world itself. Now, which did you, you guys? guys? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, as far as did you guys get the impression that when you, 
<laughs> more story stuff here that when you take a shard or um, a crystal, like the world is destroyed. Because that I thought they said those crystals kind of helped hold the world together. I don't. This was not. In, this was not in my reading. This yeah. was not in my reading. So they um, talked about having a lot of energy in them, but I don't know exactly what they did be, because you're collecting them to use the bastion to build the world back. Yeah. So I but, thought there. I thought the the ruckus rucks rucks guy <laughs> ruckus rucks guy <laughs> no, at the start was saying like you know we'll you know it, it, basically you're going through destroying everything, but it's kind of like for the greater good. Greater good, um, kind of. It was like, but like, but like, you would get these crystals. The bastion, it's like, okay, it's for the greater good because that you're destroying everything good. because you're bringing the greater. the crystals back to the bastion. When you collect enough, you can reverse time and basically reverse all the damage you did. Yeah, yeah, it was that. So at the end of the game, you're presented with yet another choice, and that's to activate the bastion and basically see if it would revert time. <laughs> Or you kind of just say F it and just leave and start life anew somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Which did you guys choose? Start anew. Always start anew. I uh, Like reset start anew or like, because if you just drive off, you're starting anew. That, I mean, no matter what, the game treats you, it that way. But I left. I did not restart the world. You Oh, oh you. Okay, so you, I think it was the evacuate right sure it, yes yeah, anyway it was, it was either it was, restart it or evacuate then you evacuate said, is what i you did. said you're not going to try to go back pre-calamity and see if you can stop it and correct all this no, damage it was, you have to move yeah. forward in life that's what i did too i, I was like this didn't feel right to activate <laughs> i activated that i pushed the big red button i said let's go back in time and stop these assholes from ruining everything but there was no guarantee it was going to work mm-hmm and you would put everybody through that suffering again. Well, there are no guarantees in life. Yeah. The only thing that's guaranteed are death and taxes. I feel like if you just say F it and drive away, like evacuate, then it's guaranteed that it's not going to work. Like it's not like the world's not going to reset. I feel like that's your guaranteed answer. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming for the story's sake, since there, we've talked about how you're supposed to replay it a lot, I assume... The real, the real ending is canonical where you ending. Yeah, canonical ending is where you restart from pre calamity. I think that's kind of funny that you say that because, like, the three of us have kind of said, "Well, maybe I haven't really got Chris's opinion here." But I know you and I were like, "Well, we probably won't replay it." But Rich was like, "Well, there's some things that could make me replay." Like, I'm thinking about this, <laughs> and if that's the case, and if Chris is on board with not replaying it, and that I'm ties, it. see that ties into the endings too, <laughs> yeah, right? Like the whole, like, it ties well, in very reset. intriguing. It ties yeah, into the funny. endings we chose, right? I was like, I don't want to go back and try to correct the wrongs that were done. You know, let's move forward and learn from the past. And I don't want to play this game my, anymore. I just thought about it like this. I was like, look, the kid has already been through some shit. Is he going to remember it? If he hits the reset and go through all this again, and have to lose like his mom or wife, whatever it was, and go back through all those issues. Or finally, he's got some, you know, he has purpose. He's going to collect mm-hmm. cores. He's going to like move on and survive in this new world. And he's got like a new family. Like he's got new friends. And that's really all they have. So I looked at it as more of the like, this is the morally correct thing to do for the kid. 
versus like the whole rest of the world. Like I played that thought as what would I do I don't, where I'm at? I don't think it necessarily reset the world where you just started refret like all the way back in time. Like I think it just reset back to like right before the calamity. Right. Well, so back in time, what ruckus, what ruckus, uh, no relation. So what he ends up, I think what he says in the game is that you mm. probably won't remember anything that's happened here. Yeah. And he, I think he even think says like, you won't, you, you probably. won't, probably, I, I can't see that's why I'm, I don't entirely I, remember. Cause he says something about not remembering who he is, who then like the narrator says, you will, you won't know who I am anymore. That's, I mean, that was the start of the game. None of the four characters you interact with, uh, you know, Rux, Zolf, and Zia, and yourself, you really don't remember. Um, they kind of remember who they are, because that's that's what happens when, remember you found the journal in the one level, was it journal or letter? Journal. In the one level, and you give it to Zolf, he reads it, because he can read whatever it was, but Zia couldn't, and then that's when... Zolf runs off and just, well, you know, sabotages the Bastion and then runs away, right? He betrays you, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it stands to reason that our playthrough is not technically the first time this happened, that we, that hypothetically, it's already been done over again and again and again. It could be one of those endless loop scenarios. And saying that they won't remember, you know, they said the same thing about Mars and he remembered. So I'm just saying that these time travel things that don't I always play out the that. way people think. <laughs> I'm just thinking total recall where he didn't remember. Yep, that's, yeah. Yeah. That, that's okay. That, that, okay. Total yeah, well, it's, it's been a while. <laughs> a little while since I've watched Wait. that. Not unless um, it's like what, like edge of tomorrow or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Tom Cruise oh, says differently. He remembers everything when he travels back in time. I haven't watched that yet. Uh, well, right. So but does Cole. Ended ended up, up. Yeah. Yep. But I, I think that's the, the whole thing is, you know, like there's no guarantee that they, they didn't know if they would remember. And there was no guarantee that they could stop the calamity if they went back, which again mm-hmm. was another well, led, if, led into my personal decision to go forward mm-hmm. and not reactivate yeah, you, the bastion. If you can't remember, you don't know to go stop it. Yeah. Like you're, signing up for more punishment like it's just a well we might forget about this thing but there's a chance there's a chance we don't forget we can fix there's a this. chance you could remember yeah that's why i think he said like you probably won't remember or something like that mm-hmm. well, you can't really but i think know. it's worth but i think it's worth a try you know <laughs> you repair your relationship with uh with what's that other nation Ur- Urf? earl earl something like Ura. that but but then there's the moral Thanks. decision in the story. Again, me reading after the fact. Mm-hmm. This isn't something I understood playing the game, where you find out that the Bastion was going to be used to destroy the Earth civilization. So what if you go back and you stop the calamity ha- from happening and destroying Salonia, Salandia, Salandia? Remember, because that's what happens with the calamity, and you stop it, and then they actually use it, and you destroy the whole other civilization the ur so there's You're that whole basically m- choosing between an extinction event and genocide like which one yeah that's oh, well again the on. calamity so grim the calamity so did true. but you could stop the whole both. thing you repair the you repair the relationship with the the nation that's really uh scorned by 
Seldonia or whatever it's called. Are you going to do that from the wall? Hey, guys! You could. Let's just stop fighting! Yeah. Didn't, uh, whenever you gave Ruckus, I want to call him Ruckus, when you give Ruckus back one of the pieces, um, doesn't he say about potentially with the Bastion they could go back and build, because they talked about building the walls of Seldonia, Salandia. I keep saying, I can't say names tonight. Salandia. And build them back higher to kind of, you know, safeguard them from the earth. I don't know. Yeah. Too much of this. Ruckus is there just to try and get you to go back and create the genocide so that the, like, his group survived. Well, spoiler, again, again, outside reading, uh, he was one of the people that built the Bastion. Mm -hmm. and And put Zia's father in, who was in charge of also building it. And program, I don't know, however it's built. There is so much I didn't know about mm-hmm. this. Doesn't change my opinion about the game. But again, Zia's also an Ur, so that's why Zia's father sabotaged it and it blew up and created calamity instead of destroying his civilization. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Insane. Insane. <laughs> Just reading your Ceylondia note. <laughs> Funny. Um,. But yeah, I think that's it. I don't know. We didn't talk about else? we didn't talk else? about one other thing. What? So again, I've I've as much as I have minor complaints, and I don't think there's at least for me personally, there's a lot of replayability in here. I absolutely love, as I said, the narrator. I love the art, um, and the level design as far as how it was kind of built around you as you moved. I thought that was a unique way of uh, building the level. The, the soundtrack was oh, yeah. very it was, it was good. Really good. Very yeah, good. good. And I liked how um the one level where you meet Zia, I liked how like essentially she was like in the middle of the level and her singing, which was one of the songs in the soundtrack too, that repeated itself through the game. Um, you know, like you you kind of used her singing to guide you and find your way through the level. Um kind of direct you in which because you were trying to follow the voice right yeah um but i i the soundtrack was great um there was a, there was one a one song i don't remember i should pull up the name of it there was one song though that every time it came on i couldn't stop thinking of two two things uh one the first 10 seconds literally sounded like an audio sting from firefly i swear <laughs> And then the rest of the song sounded like it was pulled right out of Borderlands. But, um, you know, great soundtrack. I loved it. I loved it. It's a very good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like, you might not get a lot of replayability out of it, but I definitely think that this is probably one of those games that's like, I can see going back and revisiting it every, like, couple of years, you know, because it's so short and it's just kind of like, man, like, I don't really feel like playing anything. You know what? I haven't played Bastion in a hot minute. I kind of want to go play that and just mess around with that for a while. Like that's a game that you could probably come back and revisit from time to time. And what's great about it too is I guess assuming you have your save or cloud save on, to your point, Rich, is maybe I don't want to go back and replay it now, whatever. But yeah, maybe in three, five, ten years ago, I want to play that again. I still have my save. I can do new game plus and literally start with everything and go, okay, I actually want to use these weapons from the start Mm -hmm. or mix Mm -hmm. it up. I can level up because again, I think adding to the design around replayability, 
I only got to level, I think, five out of ten. Uh, I'm guessing there was only ten levels based on how many slots you could open in this distillery. Um, so it's like, oh, you could continue. And then there was challenges in one of the other buildings. I don't know if you guys saw that. There was, um, what's the other building called here? I have it written somewhere. Uh, Memorial. There were challenges in there for each weapon and certain things in yep. the game world. So, you know, they're yeah, almost they, like mini achievements almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, it's a way to like, yeah, if you do go back and replay it and you are lucky enough to have that cloud saver, it's still installed on your computer three, five, 10 years later. Um, you can just basically pick up where you left off with and just continue upgrading and experimenting and maybe throw a shrine on or two or buy those last few potions from the lost and found store, you know, things like that. So if there's nothing else, uh, recommend it. Do oh, you? Absolutely. Do you not? Absolutely recommend it. I thought it was a very, like, overall, it was a very good game. And the stuff that we've been kind of like, the stuff that, you know, at least that I've been kind of bringing up as kind of like negatives, pretty nitpicky stuff. Exactly. You know, like, like, this is, de- like, I can see why this game was recommended by our community because it truly is just, it's kind of one of those, like, nice little gems, you know? It, it's, I feel like it'll probably be, similar to like a journey or something like that you know like just a nice little game that you probably should play agreed i i i as i said they just love the the art the soundtrack um level design the narrator it was it was a fun experience to rich's point the few things i have complaints about are just minor they're it's like i wouldn't not buy this game just because of my little nitpicks um I'd even say it's worth since it's basically fifteen dollars everywhere. You know, go p- pick it up for fifteen, or we're getting into the holidays. Keep an eye out on, yeah, go like, on sale. Steam sales, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo sales. Uh, it's it's a great game. Go play it. Mm-hmm. For me, I wish they would have done a little bit more um, in like the design, level design, things like that. Um, the gameplay was extremely repetitive, and so were most of the levels. It's really pretty and it was fun, but I like I wouldn't recommend grabbing it at full price. I would say absolutely wait for a sale. Um, it's not something that I would be like, hey, you gotta play this game. So. I for me, the one thing that probably saves it because realistically, it's not really a style of game I enjoy playing or play all that often at all. But it's really cool to play it having played Hades and see the genesis of a lot of the ideas that Hades has in it. So that from that kind of like more historical point of view, it's kind of neat and cool to play, but yeah, I'd probably wait for a sale. Yeah. I think Hades is on our list of, you know, book club games to try and get into. I know Dan's been really big into that too. So I mean, it's on it'll game be, Pass, so. it'll be interesting to see, those changes for the rest of us too. And, you know, for those of you that have played Hades, go back and hit Bastion up, you know, see, see where it kind of birthed from. It'd be cool. Just oh. watch where you walk. Cause God damn it. The amount of times I accidentally walked off the world. Cause I <laughs> just missed this tiny little gap. I didn't see. This, let me, let me throw like the smallest nitpick out there. What was the level? There was one of those early levels where the world is actually falling apart and little mm. parts of it. Yep. I did fall through one of the holes and it put me on a platform where I couldn't roll anywhere <laughs> but off. So I I like I 
he was one of those like you die and retry things or whatever right so i kept i was like i don't know what to do. i guess i'll just keep rolling off this thing and then it's like okay you're dead you want to retry i'm like yep and luckily it put me back in the like the middle of the path but i was like i was like yeah my luck just to get stuck on the platform where there's nowhere to go can't yeah. can't can't roll anywhere to get get anywhere yeah one last question for you guys did you guys use the shield a lot yes yeah oh yeah I think that might have been my number one weapon through the mm-hmm. entire game. Now that I'm thinking about it, doing the, the, the counter block, like, yeah, shield, hitting like, the counter, hitting the counter, yeah, yeah, that was that was great. That was fun when the uh, the little plants that do the little machine gun thorns. Mm-hmm. And you sit and you got your shield up, and it's just pew 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 pew. pew you know, that was fun. I had a lot lost of you. You hit your mute button. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when it, like, I, m- I must have bumped my space bar. Yeah, but. Yeah. You got really excited about the pew, 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 pew. I did get really excited. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I had a ton of fun playing this game. Like, I, I beat it in three hours, but it didn't feel like three hours. Like, I, I had a blast playing this. But then, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I really love, like, action RPGs and things like that. Um, yeah, this was a this was a ton of fun for me. Um. Yeah, well, there's. Oh, yeah. Um, I was gonna make a point. Like, uh, I agree with you, Chris, that that actually is really interesting to kind of think of it. Like, for an indie game that came out in 2010, it is really fun to go back to that and kind of see like mm-hmm. where Super Giant, how they've kind of evolved over time. Right. Pyre, by the way, is the game that I was thinking of, not mm. the last campfire. It's called Pyre, and that's what came in between Transistor and Hades. So you go back and you play, yeah, like even playing something like Transistor, you start to see like the progression of them as developers, you know, like Transistor. That stuff is so cool. Very good. I haven't played Pyre and Hades has got like, you know, phenomenal reviews. Everybody loves it. It's just an incredible game. Um, Definitely knocked it out of the park with that one. So I don't know. Yeah, that's probably why I would recommend I would recommend buying it. It's kind of one of those that's nice to have in the library. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think I took about seven hours to beat the game, but it's only because I restarted <laughs> twice, like 10 years ago, and that got about two hours clocked. No. <laughs> and then I played it this year, and it took me about, I think, about five hours. So, But again, I kind of experimented with some of those proven grounds and stuff. So again, if you're into doing a lot of that stuff or the challenge areas, I'm sure it'll extend time that you yeah play. if you're if you're going for a completionist run this game has definitely got the value oh, for you you're, gonna, you. Have some you're, to do. you're gonna be spending some time in it so like what five to six hours or so yep well <laughs> six, maybe ten on, no to be honest probably about ten to get through everything yeah um i mean if you want to do all the challenges you proving grounds um by challenges, I mean like the whatever the monument or whatever i named that building mm-hmm. that had all of them for each weapon and, and things like that um oh yeah level up to 10 upgrade yeah. all your weapons yeah feeling, yeah um yeah. and that'll probably take a couple of playthroughs too to get leveled up that far seven hours with all on, the yeah especially if you play with additional <laughs> challenges and things like that so on just my one playthrough i only unlocked six of 22 achievements hmm. so there's apparently plenty of content i didn't get around to i think a lot of that was if i remember i looked at the achievements and a lot of those were designed around the, the shrine of completing course a game with jerks yeah complete it with this and complete it with that and gotta yeah. turn on your skulls yep yeah get your lasso running 
I am a completionist. Damn it, that's how they get you. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for another book club episode. We love doing these, um, and I think you guys like them too, based on our, our statistics in the episodes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep an eye out for our next adventure. It's going to be Resident Evil Village. Thank you to everyone who voted uh, for a game. We had a few games that kind of were like our spooky, this is going to be the Halloween game. Um, but it turns out Resident Evil Village uh, is going to line it up. And that's kind of where our... Like, our full real book circle. clubs. Yep, we're coming right back to it. So it's mm-hmm. kind of exciting because yeah, we did Resident Evil Seven last year and started Ethan's journey, and now we get to now we'll get to continue it with with Village. Continue Ethan's <clears throat> journey. Will they explain how his hand got cut off and then now it's functional and back on there again? Super glue. Haven't you tried it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Including bones and you just muscles you just and pour tendons. A, it's either like a, a potion you pour on it, or it's a like aerosol spray. It fixes everything. <laughs> Haven't you? You haven't played enough Resident Evil to know that's how nope. it works. Yeah, he ate know. he ate a couple of herbs and he's all better yeah, now. All better. He's all good. <laughs> Added some red to green and yeah, good to go. Yep, all set, man. Fun uh, fact: I'll, I'll be getting all the Resident Evil this month because I also started personally Resident Evil Remastered. So I'm going back Ooh, to the, you should stream that. The start you should stream that. I want to watch that. I want to watch your playthrough of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably gonna be terrible. <laughs> Who cares? That's fine. No, those like those games are fun to watch people play through for their first time, just because it's like, ah, yes, he didn't figure out like this cool puzzle bit, and then he didn't like sit there watch you struggle on a puzzle for a while, and just be like, well, <laughs> maybe I'll drop a hint in the chat or something right. like that. Like, oh yeah, those games give, are so give fun wrong to watch. Hints. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've I've only got maybe forty five minutes an hour into the game. Um. Oddly enough, it's feeling a little bit like Resident Evil 7 with like finding keys to open doors. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Just a lot of things. what it is. Yeah. yeah. So the Resident Evil 7, that's I mean, that was one thing that I really loved about it is that it did go back to kind of its Resident Evil y roots. And I the, the formula still holds, I think. And did so, you try going back out the front door? Yeah. I by the way, what is it? You get to pick up Red Cliff or Red Cliff, Red Cliff, Red Cliff. I don't know what's oh his name. God. Chris, Chris, Chris Redfield, Redfield, or Jill yeah. Valentine. Valentine. Yeah, did you pick Chris or Jill? So what I did was I closed my eyes and just kept hitting a direction on the D pad, and then I stopped and I'm playing Jill. Nice, perfect. The master of unlocking. Yep. Just got that fancy dancy lock pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all these locked doors and a lock pick, and she can't open them. Like, hey, those are fancy keys. Yep. A simple lockpick just won't do. A yeah. sword. A sword. A symbol. Anyways, we can talk maybe more about my experience later. And you get to learn about the Jill sandwich. Like, you, you'll get the Jill sandwich meme. Yep. Uh, well, oh, everybody, dear. thank you again. Uh, check us out on our uh, website, campfiregamingpodcast.com. Join us on, uh, I was going to say Twitter, but Discord, so that we can... Uh, <laughs> Continue our conversation uh, about the game because there is a channel just for talking about the book club game. Uh, from there, you can find our Twitter, our YouTube, etc., etc. With that, gentle feathers. I hope you have an excellent night. Thanks for playing games with me, and the rest of you. We'll see you next time around the campfire. <laughs>